You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today, Talking about the Pacers is actually talking about college basketball because we are continuing on the profiling of draft prospects with none other than Mr. Polarizing Skinny Slenderman himself. I don't think he's polarizing at all. I think he's the best player in this draft. Chet Holmgren, the center from Gonzaga, joining me to do that. Former all-over-the-place scout extraordinaire, now retired off into the sunset at least a <laughs> little bit. Back to talk about Chet Holmgren, Ben Pfeiffer. Ben, how's it going, man? Good. I'm, I'm doing well. This is very much a throwback. Um, it is. You know, we worked together many years ago. Um, I say like th- like three or four. It feels like forever ago. I thought you were like in the intro. I thought you were saying like many like him, many don't. I thought you were talking about me. I'm, oh, like, no. I'm like depending on what fan base you support. But I I know Ben Pfeiffer is, is a is a Chet Holmgren fan. Yes, Ben used to write at the same website as me when I was editing. And he would put like 400 clips in an article. So I'd have to watch them all and make sure they were the right ones, which was always good, though, because that means I know he did his homework about it. And we know he's done his homework about Chet Holmgren, who we're talking about today. Chet Holmgren, it, to me, is a, such an interesting prospect. I know everybody thinks that, but just uh, the, the combination of skills and non-skills he has is so unlike anything I've ever seen in my years of taking this seriously and actually watching full games of these dudes. And he is fascinating to watch. So you, I believe, have him number one. Please give everybody listening a high-level pitch overview of why Chet Holmgren is the best prospect in this draft. I actually have him, like, a, a very close two, but I think, like, number one is, like, perfectly reasonable. And I think the distance between Paolo, who I have number one, and Chet is basically a personal preference thing. So Chet is, like, a real defensive anchor potential uh, with more offensive utility than a lot of the defensive anchor prospects that we get. Um, I think there are concerns on both ends, Um, definitely more concerns with the offense, but the defense and specifically the rim protection and the potential pick and roll defense could be very special. Um, And when you have a guy who's been this dominant of a defender for this long at a young age with real blossoming offensive skill, that is generally someone you are comfortable taking in, you know, the top two. So, or number one for some teams. The, the defense is the thing that, that makes him so insane to me because he switches out on the perimeter like it's absolutely nothing. For, and Gonzaga switches a lot. And so he's guarding guards all the time, no problem, keeping with guys on drives. And then what will happen sometimes is he'll he'll scurry back to his man, and then someone else on Gonzaga gets beat, and he recovers all the way to the basket and shuts down the drive anyway, even though it wasn't his man or his help. I watched a lot of games today where he did that more than once, and he just can reach everything. His arms are so long his anticipation skills are perfect and that sort of weak side rotation team stuff pick and roll defense stuff always translates right like he will be good in that way to me he might struggle with some stronger dudes at first and the perimeter players will be faster in the nba but to me when i watch him on defense it's like it's hard for me to find something that i'm like oh wow you know unless he's defending post-ups like 70 times a game it's hard for me to envision a scenario where he's just like not even a positive defender pretty quick maybe not as a rookie but pretty quickly in the nba yeah, the like the strength post defense stuff is always overblown as as a weakness. Yes. Like, of course he's not going to guard you know, and beat or Jokic to the post. Right. First of all, like nobody does, especially not rookies, and that isn't really a necessary thing in in today's NBA on you know a game to game eighty two game basis. 
Uh, like you said, he's going to be amazing right away. I think the area where he's probably going to struggle most immediately is where teams is on teams where they force him to guard away from the ball off the ball, or to guard away from the paint off the ball. Excuse me, just because like uh, his. I think the biggest issue with his strength currently comes with his like screen navigation and ability to like get through tight spaces. So if you're having uh, a team where Chet has to like guard a spacey four, who they're gonna like run off of a screen or you know make him get through a pin down or something or make him run through screens in the paint, he's probably gonna struggle just because he has you know, really high high and stiff hip, you know, high, high hips and like a stiff lower torso and like the core strength, you know isn't great for that but i don't see that as a huge long-term concern because one like you're not drafting your evolutionary rim protector to guard screens off shooters and i think these are very correctable as he polishes up his footwork and improves his core and lower body strength like these are incremental strength you know progresses that he can make that will have big dividends like he doesn't need to get jacked to, to like be a high impact defender uh, he just never is going to need to do that because, like you said, his recovery tools are, are amazing. Uh, he's able to cover so much area of the paint. That's really his special skill to me on defense is, like, the short area paint coverage. Like, no no matter where he is, so often in Gonzaga, whether it's, like, in pick and roll or, like, a scramble situation or, like, just help, we'll, like, park him in the middle of the paint, like, right above the circle, and just he covers everything. Like, he covers every option with his length, his flexibility and ability to, like, rotate 90 to 180 degrees in the air to contest shots without fouling like you mentioned like the anticipation is pristine uh the timing his hand placement and verticality all that stuff is just like super abnormal for for a guy his age like even like someone like evan mobley last year who um was like you know another generational defensive prospect had you know little technique and and you know placement issues that chad just doesn't have and like has not had since he was like 15 years old. Like it, it is really fascinating to watch like a guy this young with just this polished and seasoned technique as a rim protector, and also like obvious areas to grow as well, which is really really scary for for teams that don't that don't have Chet. Yeah, I think he'll be a better interior defender around the basket than Mobley, but not as good on the perimeter. Mobley's perimeter defense is is. It's gross. It's insane how good he is as a teenager defending on the perimeter. For Pacers fans, I'm going to bring up some numbers here, Ben. Uh, Miles Turner at Texas. Long regarded as a very strong defensive prospect out of Texas. Obviously has been top 10 level of impact defender in the NBA. Led the league in blocks more than once. 12.3 block percentage, 4.3 fouls per 40 minutes. Chet Holmgren has a higher block rate than that and less fouls per 40 because his anticipation skills are that good. Yeah, he it, never he, fouls. Never like he, fouls. He's so he's like it like you think a guy that skinny like would be kind of a foul magnet because guys can just push him off his spot. And while that's kind of true, like he just doesn't he, he yeah, doesn't but, overcommit. Like he doesn't he like he he doesn't commit hard to stronger guys. He doesn't like flail into guys. I don't think he's ever getting like bullied, if that makes sense. Like he's knocked off his spot uh, for sure. And we'll talk next segment when we talk about weaknesses, we will talk about his size. Don't you worry. And I'm going to be a big jerk to people who don't actually watch Gonzaga and just go, oh, he's skinny. But yeah, he it's not like a strength necessarily, but I don't think it's as big a weakness as people say. Yeah. We talk about defense all the time. Sure. He does, in fact, play offense as well. Um, the, the, so, so Chet Holmgren, I watched three full games today alone, but I've watched more than that with Chet so far. Something that Chet does more than any center prospect maybe I've ever evaluated is he will get a block, 
and then dribble himself and then shoot a three. <laughs> like no one else touches the ball. I'm like, wait, you're the five. Like you don't even shoot that much every game. He shoots like maybe 10 times a game. And I think every game I've watched, he's done that once or twice. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's kind of become his like his his like trademark highlight play this year, which is very cool. Yeah, killer from three, 39%, not a ton of attempts, only took 100, but free throw percentage suggests he'll be at least an okay shooter in the NBA. Really good spin move in the lane, good offhand handling, at least for his first dribble with his left hand, um, to get past guys. So he's not like an awesome space creator, but good finisher around the basket. Obviously shot insanely well at, in general. 74% on two-pointers. It's ridiculous. In, it's it's was like eight, he was like 80% of the rim or something, like... Um, I got. I don't have a CBB analytics page up. I'll pull it up. But he. It was. It was 84% at the rim. Yeah, and it's not like Un- he was a dunk un- machine un- either. Unbelievable. Like so, he definitely is not like a perfect offensive prospect. Definitely limited. But his efficiency and his ability to get up shots when he is open is really strong. Yeah. Like I think some people, you know, probably not as much anymore. But especially when he was in high school, kind of cast him as like a potential like you know next Durant creator type, which is you know not fair to him but never yeah he really has like plus offensive skill um the finishing is like easily his best offensive skill he is such a gifted finisher and people are like oh he's skinny he's gonna get pushed off his spot yeah, like whatever like you don't finish 84 percent in in college basketball by accident um the way he's able to use that same flexibility he does to get blocks to contort around the rim use his length to get to get easy, easy dunks. He does like the Mobley, like Bill Russell dunk where he just like goes straight up and down, like no flash, um, <laughs> no Tomahawk, just Bill just Russell it, dunk. <laughs> it's efficiency. Uh, uh, that is a PD web trademark. Um, but he is a, like an efficient mean dunker, not in the highlight way, but in the will score two points, no matter what kind of way. Um, like you said, has some nice touch on hook shots. You know, is he going to be like a big volume post guy in the league? I, w- no. I would assume, but no. you know, can definitely like score from you know seven to ten feet when he needs to. Has a nice touch with both hands, um, and then the shot, like it's like he's improved so much on offense in the last couple years. Like as a junior in high schools, I think I started watching him seriously like in his junior. Year. Like he basically did nothing on offense. Like he hit the occasional spot up three would get layups and dunks and like that was about it. But like now he's legitimately shooting threes like off of movement. Like multiple games he will like come off of DHOs and pin downs and take threes like off of movement, which is unbelievable for someone of his size. Um like you said the the transition threes is really really cool. Um just to watch that like the guy will secure the block go the length of the court and pull up for three. I mean, like, is it like a little bit of a gimmick? Maybe, but like it really opens up. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that'll be an NBA thing, but but yeah, (laughs) like, like the fact that it's a possibility is nice to see. And it it certainly hints at potential shooting development in the future. Like if someone's so comfortable with it, an objectively pretty difficult shot type at this young age, um, then that's going to be really good. I'm interested most to track, where like his passing and like connective play goes. Cause yes. I think he is a better passer than he got to show it. Gonzaga is like, Ooh, he didn't really seem to just be asked. He didn't really seem to be asked to pass very, pass very much. Like I think with Chet, like I didn't really see him like miss a ton of reads rather just not really be in a position to make a lot of reads. Like he did like high, low passing, like when he'd stand at like the three point line or the, the elbow and, you know, feed drew Timmy. And he's really good at those. Um, a couple maybe simple like elbow passes, but nothing crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so my my exact note is 
not a great passer besides entry passes. <laughs> yeah, so that's his exactly yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> basically all he does at, at Gonzaga. Um, I, I definitely think, especially um, in FIBA this past summer, um, he had some really impressive like live dribble on the move passing. And I certainly don't think Chet is a great passer, and I also don't think he needs to be. Like, I think it's going to be like, can you trust him to like run a dribble handoff and, and make the right decision? Or like catch the ball on the short roll or at 20 feet or 17 feet and take a dribble or two and make Bingo. the right decision. Nothing crazy, like n- nothing groundbreaking. Like, you know, I, I think I think when you like there were a lot like Chet had a lot of usage this year where like he'd at, he'd get like pretty like kind of ISOs on the perimeter and he'd have a lot of trouble when people pressured his handle. Um and again, like that's just not really a fair ask for your like giant seven foot center. Um so those aren't really the concerning moments to me, but like, can he have a tight enough handle to, you know, dribble and, you know, dribble handoffs and pick and rolls and, and you know, little elbow post-ups and whatever actions the Pacers or any other team wants to run for him. Just, like, the simple stuff like that is what I think is most important to track for his development. And, like, it's not, I don't think it's that crazy of an ask, like, to to think he's going to improve, you know, those very simple, you know, pretty simple basketball plays. Hey, guys, let's take a short little break here. Talk about the good folks over at Bet Online, the number one source for all of your sports betting stats and information. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season over at BetOnline.net. They are the, your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more on the NBA playoff front. Coming in hot, Utah favored by one in game six over Dallas. That's going to be fascinating. Toronto slightly not favored as they try to clo- as the Sixers try to close them out on these Friday games. Going to be a fascinating slate. You can see it all over at betonline.net. Head over to that website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at betonline.net. BetOnline is where the game starts. Timmy sort of makes it hard for me to perfectly evaluate his passing and decision-making because he didn't screen all that much. Not, he did not screen. I don't want to say, like, they never had Chet as a screener. You can find yeah, him. No, they him. Yeah, they used him as more of, like, a spacey four right, on right. offense. So so I agree with you that, like, like a big – I'm kind of transitioning to negatives here. The big thing that, that makes me a little afraid of Chet, besides – I mean, he's, like, again, insane defensive prospect – and I, I, I want to get the exact numbers, by the way. Ben said it last segment. Let me give you some raw numbers. 78 for 89 inside four feet. That is insane. Like, yeah, obviously, an elite prospect, despite what I'm about to say. But, yeah, decision-making in the role or in the short role, like very little evidence that he's going to start, at least, with any sort of skill there. Could he do it? Yeah, he's developed quite a bit, since you said, since coming from Minnesota. But, um not a lot there, and that's something that is is interesting to me is the way the game is played now. Like pick and rolls are like almost every possession to some extent. Like you got to have something, and he can. You know, he's got two dribble moves to score, uh, so I think he can go towards the basket and do well. He can shoot, so maybe he can pop, and that variation can make him credible. But without any sort of pass on a short roll or being able to kick out to from the paint really well, I do worry a little bit about his effectiveness in pick and roll. Now, the, 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 it's wild to me that he's so good at entry passes. Like, the touch on those passes were always really good, and Timmy, again, was a factor in making all this a little confusing. But I haven't seen enough passing to make me think that he'll be good at those decisions. But he reads the game so well defensively that I think the reads will come on offense. So it's, I'm curious if he'll ever actually, like, his brain will catch up to his his muscles on those yeah. sort of – there's probably Absolutely. a better way to describe what I'm saying. But, you know, I know on those mean, sort yeah. of plays. I think – 
like the, the thing with Chet is like the reads you like you need him to make are like far from super complex. Like because Chet yeah. is going to bring so much value on defense in transition, you know, cleaning up around the basket. Like you don't need him to be a crazy good passer or like crazy great decision maker for him to make, you know, for him to be super valuable. Obviously, I think early in his career, uh, teams are probably going to like force him. Like te- I could definitely see him, like see teams forcing him to be like a passing creator from the mid post, where you know they uh, maybe they're running him off the line on closeouts, or they're not letting him get you know the spot up, or maybe even the off movement threes. And you know I, I think once he's right at the basket, it- it's going to be easy money for him probably right away. But you know is is he going to be able to get to the basket in those ten to fifteen feet areas when when defenses pressure his handle? you know, around the elbow on dribble handoffs and on pick and rolls when he gets the ball. Like, is he going to be able to not only make the right decision, but like have the tools to be able to execute that decision? Like, it doesn't really matter if you can see the right pass, if you, you know, can't get the ball there, if you lose your handle or if you, you know, don't, you know, aren't able to make that that pass with enough quickness or like the right hand. So those are, yeah, I totally agree with you that those are like some real offensive concerns with Chet um, when you're talking about his complementary role. Uh, that I think is definitely going to be the thing to monitor. But again, as we've kind of you know said, he's an amazing prospect, and none of these issues are like so debilitating or like so concerning that you're not going to like take him very high. Like these aren't huge red flags. These are just like okay, these are development pieces. His future team is going to need to monitor, and you know depending on what system he lands in, depending on what situation he, he falls in, and I think Chet is like pretty offensive role versatile. Like he's not going to require like a lot of investment offensively to make an impact, which is nice because I think a lot of big prospects in the past, especially like I think of someone like James Wiseman, who obviously is like not the level of prospect of Chet, but is someone who like it, you know, we've seen, you know, doesn't really work, you know, in the confines of an offensive system so far and needs this kind of specific development. But because Chet is someone who is always going to be a spacer, I think, as we mentioned, like the shot is going to be good, not amazing, I don't think. But for a guy who's that tall, he's going to hit spot up threes, um, maybe every once in a while. He's going to be a great cutter um, and you know finisher around the basket. So he's not going to be someone you can't play on offense. Like he's not going to be unplayably bad, which for rookies I think is important. You know what's interesting too? I I just thought of this. I did not prep this in notes. So the <laughs> Cavaliers did well this season with Mobley, who same assists per forty at USC that, that Chet just had at Gonzaga, is they would get Mobley the ball at the elbow, and because the NBA spacing was good and they ran a lot of pretty interesting you know, Spain stuff and pick-and-roll stuff, he actually was able to throw lob entry passes from the elbow to Jared Allen. And those plays were really successful for Cleveland, right? So I think that's something that, in theory, Chet could do, but that, I just randomly yeah. thought of that. I will say Mo- like Prospect Mobley was, at least to me, like a very superior passer than yes. Chet. Oh, yeah. D- decision-making um, in general. Yes. Yeah, much better. And his team was also just, like, pretty rough. <laughs> like, whereas, <laughs> That's true. Um, I, mean, I mean, I don't think this year's Gonzaga was perfect by any means. Like, it wasn't last year's Gonzaga um, with, with Suggs and Kispert and them. But, like, you know, I think it was a pretty good spot. But, yeah, I definitely, like, would love to see, especially if they keep, you know, Miles seems to be ever present, and um, Isaiah Jackson is, is showing oh. some interesting stuff. We'll, we'll get to the Pacers fit. I have lots but, of stuff to say. Like, I think that could be. I, I definitely think there could be some cool, like, big to big developments there with with the entry passes, with maybe you know even some like elbow get pick and rolls with Chet if you trust him enough as a ball handler, and you know some garbage time or whatever situations to test that out. 
but yeah, we'll, we'll, we, I suppose we'll get to that. But we we will get we will fun. get to the Pacers. Don't you worry, because uh, as someone who just dealt with a half decade of this center or that center, <laughs> we have to talk about the Pacers part. Mm-hmm. We have to before we do that. We got to do the, the thing. We got to do the Chet thing. Uh, Chet Holmgren's skinny, Ben. I don't know if you noticed. Some people really don't like that about him as a prospect. Now, to those people, first of all, I would like you to Google the following phrases for me. One, Joel Embiid, Kansas. Two, Giannis Antetokounmpo, draft. Three, Anthony Davis, Kentucky. Four, Evan Mobley, USC. Did I, did I miss any? Did I miss any good ones? Um, Probably, but... Um... Kevin Durant, Texas. I mean, that one's a little different, but... Yeah, you know, I mean, like so. Yeah, I get. I get that the skinny thing isn't like a positive. You know, it's, it's you would like him to have more muscle definition. It also doesn't mean anything. Oh, I just me. googled Anthony Davis myself. I did not realize he was that thin. Wow. Yeah, I have a yeah. great picture of Embiid. Like his first game at Kansas, like like yeah. pencil thin arms, right? Like, and he is huge now. He's enormous, right? Like, yeah. it, that, it could it mean something? Maybe. I mean, Kevin Durant's never been like jacked. But he's still been amazing. You know, it does it it does matter. Like it is a negative for him. We talked about he gets pushed around a little bit. And one of my biggest other negative notes for him is he is a little turnover prone. And you mentioned this when he gets knocked off his spot on the perimeter, especially, but sometimes in the lane too. You know, mm-hmm. he's not he can't he doesn't have a lot more time to assess his options because he's a little That's weaker. Just, yeah, exactly. Right. It's just so, like knocked off his balance, knocked off his spots on both ends. Right. Like on defense. Um, I think like again, as we mentioned. Like the getting around screens and working through like seals in the paint, but I will say to Chet's defense, like he is, he is definitely like functionally stronger than his frame. Like he, there was a play earlier in the season. I don't remember what team it was against, where like a guard drove straight into him, like drove him back like five feet, and instead of fouling or flailing, he just shortly hopped back and blocked the ball with his length. Like he's so good at. You know, knowing his weaknesses, knowing his level of strength, not trying to you know fight and push and overcommit to defenders, but just doing a little hot back when guys get into his chest and knowing and trusting his length and timing to to recover. And obviously, in the NBA, when the the athletes get stronger and bigger and faster, it's not going to work as well as it did at you know immediately in college. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's so much skinnier than any of these, or like maybe like not even raw raw size. He's not evidently weaker on tape than any of these guys right. that's what that's kind of what i i don't get about it like i don't there are moments where i'm like oh man if he was a little stronger he'd have succeeded there i feel that about a lot of prospects though you know it's not yeah, like most, I watched, you know many many prospects are very skinny like most teenagers i wish i wish people who thought that could see me at 18 <laughs> I was, I was skinnier than i way skinnier than i am now <laughs> or is he 19 whatever that age <laughs> Yes, like like there have been not very many prospects who have totally failed because of their lack of strength or inability to develop strength. Like it happens, but like it's not as common as people may assume. Yeah, like especially especially for the really really good ones. Like, and I I don't want to spin away from it and be like it's nothing to me. Like I don't I don't want to do that because I do think he is skinnier than a lot of even the guys that I just said. Google these phrases. Like he is he is thin. And it could and it could end up being a problem. I will not ignore that, and that again will be a factor in my final ranking for him, and especially with the turnovers. And something else is when he like when he drives at a guy, you know, he can still shoot over him and score. But sometimes he'll run into a dude, and it's just like drives over. Like there is no other thing he can do yeah. because he just gets like a wall, right? 
And so, think, yeah, there when, are when factors of this, of this, of the skinniness that will matter, but I don't necessarily, it's not a huge ding for me because one, obviously he'll get stronger. He's a teenager. And two, I've seen this story a million times work out for the player. So I, it's not like a, it's weird that it's obviously negative, but it's also not a thing for me. Miles Turner was extremely skinny. Yeah. Texas, yeah. As was Jarrett Allen, who is now quite good. Um, I think Chet, like, when people think about like athletic development, it's not just going to be the strength. It's going to be like, can he get more flexible? So if he gets walled off on drives, he can get his shoulder around someone or, you know, get a different way around. And is he going to get better in terms of his balance? So like we've said, like it's an issue, but like one more point in like Chet's favor is like, he is just like a mean dude. Like he is wired to kill. Like he's kind of always been this way. Um, like he is not afraid of contact and he plays physical. Um, on both ends, like he's never been afraid to take contact or to initiate contact despite his frame uh, to get into much bigger dudes on either end, uh, which I love in like to see in a prospect. It just you know shows like a willingness to fight and a willingness to to get dirty and you know knowing not only knowing their limitations but knowing how to work around and through them. So again, encouraging for Chet. Uh, the size is especially early career, potentially an issue, but, ultimately not something that we think should you know knock him out of the top one or two one more break here guys to talk about the good folks over at rock auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of vehicles it is impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need why go in there and endure all the pointless and intimidating questioning and look around the store for the part you need they never have it they got to order it they just get it behind the counter you got to go back and get it They only get the brand their warehouse carries. It's a huge pain. It's a stupid process. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com instead, and you can save time or money by doing it that way. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts at a car dealership when you can get it at rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years for much cheaper. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. You need it. They got it. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, and they're had you hear about us, Fox, so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I forgot how skinny Miles Turner was at Texas. You made me Google it, and I forgot he was one of the dorks who wore the the short sleeve shirt under the jersey. I mean, it was the tight one. I, there was probably a name. Yeah, and Miles also had like a like aside from the strength getting better, like it was like third year summer. He had like a, a huge flexibility improvement as well. Right. Where like he like his agility and ability to like move laterally, change directions, to like attack closeouts. Like got so much better over that. I, I think it was like his third or fourth season. Like I don't recall exactly, but it, like like it, it was the one summer where he posted all the yoga pictures, and it actually ended up like being a you know <laughs> I about like that. it actually ended up being a significant difference because like get, it was more get flexible Chet in the yoga studio with the wasps. Do you remember that Miles Turner did yoga with the wasps? <laughs> That's the most crazy man thing I've ever heard. Look, Ch- Chet really really should get on the yoga grind because like. You know, watch Miles. Like, you know, Miles. Some of what makes Miles so great nowadays, like beyond his incredible rim protection, his ability to be agile and to change directions on the perimeter, and to attack closeouts on you know when he's aggressive enough with those touches. Um, and I think those are all like attainable, attainable athletic goals for Chet. You know, with with the right kind of training. And obviously, I'm you know no biomechanics or like strength development expert, but I've seen a fair bit of it. Um, and a fair bit of it go well in situations. And like what we're all, all we're trying to say is like it's far from hopeless for Chet. Like this is not an issue. Like 
Let's. Yeah, those Miles Turner yoga. That Miles Turner yoga something was. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. Every summer, one Pacer did a crazy body transformation. Speaking of the Pacers, let's talk about Chet with the Pacers. Now, again, I usually hate this stuff because NBA teams change so much, like on a three- or five-year timeline, that sometimes it doesn't matter, especially the Pacers who don't typically draft this high. But now they have a guy who looks like he's going to be pretty good in Chris Duarte. That guy looks like he's going to be awesome in Tyrese Halliburton, who they can have for five years, right? Like they have core pieces in place that make it make a little sense to have these sort of discussions yeah, now in a way that in past draft doesn't a unique situation for the Pacers. Honestly, in the last like decade, really, it feels like just, it's been a long time since they've had like a stable-ish young core and a top pick. Like, you know, You know what I would love to watch? Is uh, a Chet Holmgren Isaiah Jackson front court on defense? That would be insane. <laughs> that would be really great. And then the, the the something for Chet and I make my big boards with the Pacers not in mind at all. I will make a separate one for the Pacers. Chet will not be number one on the Pacers one because I don't love two things. Offensively, Halliburton is speed, 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 go, go, go. And I don't know if Chet's going to be like awesome in that environment when he doesn't have the ball all the time. And two. This is selfish. I do not want to have to do the <laughs> Isaiah Jackson, Chet Holmgren, Gogo Batadze, Miles Turner dance like I did with Turner and Sabonis for years. I got so sick of it. Yeah, so, trust me. I don't I want to do those debates again. I understand. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the Halley stuff, though? Is that crazy? Like Gonzaga is is a slow team by nature. Uh, let me stop. College basketball is slow. By nature, and yes, Halliburton, absolutely. and Halliburton is so speedy with the ball and can make the perfect decisions on the fly. Not always, but most of the time. And I don't think they're a bad fit. I mostly don't think Chet's a bad fit with anyone because he can play four or five and stretch out. But you know, I, I don't love that fit necessarily. Is that weird? Do I? Not, I it's kind of a. I, I'm kind of inserting my gut here. <laughs> which I don't is really- I don't think it really stands out in either a positive or like a super positive or negative way to me. As we've kind of mentioned before, like Chet is pretty role versatile. Uh, where I think Howley is going to be able to get a lot out of Chet right away because, like you said, he goes so fast. He's able to create advantages now, which is wild, and make great passes off of those, and you know, open up space and draw the defense, which is just amazing. Like he is, he has certainly become quite revolutionary for. For the Pacers, and, you know, I think he's going to be someone who is going to be able to get Chet the ball in the right spots, going to be able to that. make it so he doesn't have to work so hard early to get his shots in the paint or on the perimeter. Um, I think with Halley, ideally, I'd like a big who's like a a bit better of a lob threat, and that's kind of the only real fit you know, fit issue that I see with Chet. Where I think like once you have Chet catching, you know, on the block, uh, maybe he has a second to turn and. You know, contort and adjust and read the defense is going to be an awesome finisher of offensive rebounds dunker spots maybe like lay down it's going to be fantastic but maybe especially early in his career well you know he still has this stiffness in his you know in his lower torso and his upper body that you know in his hips that maybe he's not going to be someone who is really dynamic rolling and you know an apex high pointing lobs and that is somewhere that Halliburton like hasn't really had in like a long time like at least since like like FIBA with that like ridiculous team that that Howley played on in in uh, a couple summers ago, and I think that's kind of you know your ideal fit 
with Hallie as a big. But again, it's not like a bad fit. Like it's not something I'd be concerned about. And it certainly That's wouldn't be, it certainly wouldn't be a reason I wouldn't take Chet if like he was clearly the best guy on the board. I agree with that. Um, let's say like they're picking three and somehow he falls. Like I'm not passing on Chet because of you know any concerns with Hallie. But I I can definitely see where you know you'd be coming from with with some trepidation there. I want tape of like 15 Chet possessions where he catches and immediately pitches or something like that, or immediately sets a screen. Again, the decision-making quickly was not something he had to do very often, and I think that would be very helpful to know, and he could grow into that skill for sure with a guy like Halliburton because the other side of the floor, he'll fit with any team. Any of the 30 teams, Chet Holmgren on defense, no problem. Plug him in. Great. You're done. You did it. You have a good fit. So I have no concerns there, and that means he'd at least, at worst, be like, an above average fit with the Pacers. Quickly, just- I'm gonna I'm gonna very quickly tangent if that's okay. Um, oh, I mentioned that, oh, no. yes, that that ridiculous FIBA team. Um, I'm just gonna read you that roster, and for anyone who who isn't aware of who Tyrese Halliburton played with, what what um, ages were they in this? Like 16, 17? This was U nineteen. Okay, so Hallie would have been eighteen at this point, I think. This was the summer after his freshman year of college. Um, I'm gonna read you this like some names on this USA roster. So Kyra Lewis, who is injured, has been injured. Um, Jalen Green. Jalen Suggs, Zaire Williams, Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley were all on that team. Um, they all made the NBA, every single one. <laughs> and none of them won, and none of them won tournament MVP. Uh, the tournament MVP of that tournament was Reggie Perry. Hey, Ooh. former facer for one game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm honestly not even sure where he is now, but Portland. Is he in Portland? Oh, he finished I, the season with Portland, but I do I not follow there. as close as I used to. But wow. yeah, and so Hallie certainly would. You know, I, I'm excited to see him playing with real, real awesome bigs, because uh, obviously, like you know, uh, like in Sacramento, Rashawn is is you know a pretty good offensive player, but you know, it's not really. I'd say someone's certainly like Hallie proof in terms of what you want there. Um, so I'm, I'd certainly be excited to see like a top big um, on the Pacers and, and see what Hallie can do with them. Yeah, again, I think the Chet fit on defense is perfect. I think it's fit with, I think it's fit with Halliburton is still good. Like I don't think I'll knock him down more than maybe one spot on my Pacer centric board if I do it all. Uh, I think of Bancaro when I talk about this, by the way, because Paolo's a, a fantastic fit with the Pacers, but. Um, yeah, there's nothing like strongly negative. I wish there was again, a few really quick decision plays, especially in pitches. And then we know the PNR stuff. We talked about that last segment where, you know, I don't necessarily know how much that passing will develop. And if they want Hallie to be on the ball more often, that's a good thing. Cause Chet doesn't need it so much to be super impactful. It's generally a good thing. I think when like our big knocks that we get coming back to, we're like, well, this is probably an issue. I want to see a little <laughs> but more. Maybe not. That. Yeah. <laughs> our tone matters a lot here. Doesn't it? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's still good, I think. Uh, I just – the selfish part of me is going to – when I get tweets in three years of like, oh, they got a bench Isaiah Jackson, so Chet Holmgren <laughs> could be the five and they can have a small ball four in the game and I can just be like, oh, my God. Just like – just look what the Cavs do. We'll play, we'll play Chet at the two. <laughs> it's all going to be The Lowry marketing role for Chet Holmgren, that would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> the Cavs uh, – the Cavs doing all that the year the Pacers finally gave up is so poetic. It's so unbelievably poetic. It's kind of insulting if we're being real. <laughs> JV Biggerstaff said, F you and your failing two big man combo. This is easy. Like <laughs> Nate and Frank and Rick have been trying this for a decade and, and we're just going to do it game one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like, 
I get that Markkinen can really shoot, so he can play the three. But it, like, it's crazy that Mobley came in as a rookie and they figured that out like immediately. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. That <laughs> oh, that team is awesome. And I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm big. I'm it's big. Sad the the, it's sad that they're in the Pacers division, I guess, but like it, it it's going to be a fun, you know, hopefully rivalry to watch over the next maybe decade or so. Patrick Williams doesn't turn in anything. The Pacers will be very happy because otherwise their division would have had. Chicago, who's finally good again. Giannis, Cade, and Mobley for, for years. <laughs> That's awful. That's as bad. Yeah, good thing the, uh, the NBA isn't like the NFL with divisions. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, where you play like 12% of your schedule against the team in your division. My goodness. And like you can't make the playoffs if like two other great teams in the division make the playoffs. Right. right. Yeah, that, my gosh. I mean, they're going to be playing against these studs for forever, which is why this draft is so important. The Pacers need to be keeping up with these teams. The ascent is coming. It's a weird time in the NBA because, like, I guess Portland gave up midseason, but they were trying to be good. Like, all but maybe four teams when the season started were like, yeah, we can make the playoffs. And that's so rare that it's that many. And so now, if you're the Pacers and you're kind of going down for a little bit, this draft is so important. And that's why nailing the minutiae with a guy like Chet, who is kind of polarizing, which is weird because most mocks have him. Most guys who study this stuff, are like, yeah, obviously top top two, top three. And then other people are like, no, I don't see it. I'm like, do you not trust these people? But whatever. Um, he is going to be an interesting prospect in this draft, and the Pacers situation will be yeah. fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, it's just like this. It's just like like the Stephen A's and like the like March Madness <laughs> commentators who I've never seen him of the world. They're like, this guy can't play center in the NBA, and it's just like. And, and, you know, those people have lots of voice and, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, this guy can't play center in the NBA. And then, you know, they did the same thing with Mobley last year. Like, and then we see how that worked out. Yeah, the, the takes are dumb. I think Chet's going to be really good. And as a best player available fan, I think he'll end up number one on my board as of now. But I will end up watching a lot more Duke than I have. <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of Ben Carroll focus and AJ Griffin stuff. I need to do more Mark Williams. That that is the dynamic one for me. Well, those guys at the top. I the think Pacers are going to draft Chet Williams. Going to draft Chet, yeah. and then they're going to draft Chet, and they're going to trade for Mark, and then they're going to play. <laughs> they're going to play Chet, Mark Williams, Isaiah, Miles, and, and Goga, and uh, uh, with with honorary center T- Terry Taylor as their sixth man. And <laughs> the funniest thing to me now that we're at the end of this. Uh, is it Terry Taylor? Because Basketball Reference just sorts by height for your position in their lineups. They're like, yeah, he played. He played thirty three percent of his minutes at the two. I'm like, no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> I get why that happened on your end, guys, but no, he didn't. He did not play shooting guard this season. Terry Taylor is awesome, though. So he is. He is talked about him twice. I think on the podcast this week. Ben, thank you for the time. I usually have people plug plug their Twitter here. Uh, not a good time for you to do that. So uh, I, I think I'll probably actually be back on Twitter by the time this this goes live. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, um, I don't really have much to plug these days. Draft musings on Twitter. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, I like make little YouTube videos nowadays that are more just like notebooks for my own thing that people like to watch for some reason. Um, so I mean, that, those will all be on my Twitter. So that's about it. Um, I don't have much to plug anymore. You can follow the show at Locked On Pacers and me at T East NBA. Thank you guys a ton for listening. Tomorrow we'll be back reviewing player seasons. I think the player group we're going to do is backup guards, but TBD, maybe I'll do exciting. a different one. Yes, there are actually some exciting ones in this group for the Pacers tomorrow. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you then.